This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we're coming at you, not really live, because it's pre-recorded, but live. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, was a, that was an intro. That was an intro. <laughs> I, I if you like awkward pre-recorded intros, you're in the right podcast. We're, right we're podcast. live for you guys, kind of. <laughs> you know in some in some weird way we probably are in some universe. it made sense in your head right yeah that was yeah. time is relative there you go <laughs> this week we're going to be recovering the northampton tales so that's issues one four and two don't know why i said them in that order that's one, good two, one four. four and two one four and two yeah. not necessarily in that order not necessarily in that order <laughs> been a long day for me i'm tired sounds <laughs> like yeah yeah but of tales of the tmnt yes of tales of the tmnt so that's a tale of the teenage mutant ninja turtles nobody's fool and i monster and yeah it finishes up tales for us like we're gonna we just finished up volume one of tales of the teenage mutant ninja turtles that's it that's all of it yeah it's, it's only seven issues yeah i can't believe we've already read them all i know Feels good, right? Feels like we accomplished something. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I've said it a couple times. Like, this is my first time reading a, a lot of these issues, so it's yeah. it's kind of neat, like finishing, I guess this this kind of piece of turtles history that I've never really had access to before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so whenever we get around to covering volume two down the line, we'll be re-entering Tales of Teenage Mutant Turtles. But all there is is seven issues in this first volume yeah volume two is like 10 times as long it's like yeah one yeah. something like that 69 and that's yeah, the that one i'm more familiar with because that was the one that was pretty much going uh all the way through like the 2000s 2010s before uh viacom and nick took over the franchise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that was really kind of the only thing keeping turtles alive for that whole time because we didn't have a show anymore. You know, the movie was in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, we were still a couple of years away from 2012. So yeah, like T- Tales of the TMNT was pretty much the only thing uh, well, keeping Turtles alive. Uh, Turtles Forever premiered, I think, in like 2010-ish? Nine. 2009? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, 2009. That was... So that's when that series, the 2003 series ended was with that movie. No, right. But I'm just saying, like, the only, like, new stories were that Tales of the TMNT. Like, yeah, Peter had, Peter had long stopped doing Volume 4. I think he was releasing 
small issues here and there. I think he released a couple after the Viacom purchase. Did he? He's done like three over the past 14 years or something like that. Like, yeah, it's it's a real sparse schedule, but he has released them after. Because I know like 31 and 32 were online, basically online only. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Uh, they were they were posts uh, the Viacom buyout. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. He's got like the rights to publish like six or 12 uh, black and white issues a year. He just. Yeah. He just. Yeah. He just hasn't done anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think at this point. I don't think he's gonna. Yeah, which at this point it's a shame because man, that some of that cliffhanger in Volume Four that it ends on is like, what? <laughs> it's really kind of wild that like IDW hasn't been able to reprint them. Yeah, I, I wonder. I really wonder what that's all about. Maybe they don't want to reprint something that doesn't have an ending because, like, even for Urban Legends, they created an ending. Uh, yeah that's true you know they had the original writer come back on and and write a two issue ending they might not be able to either because those are strictly like that's peter's book exactly yeah Yeah. it's to be too that they haven't reprinted volume two they have Uh, yeah no they reprinted volume two oh they have oh Mm -hmm. well i gotta just go look for it i guess yeah it's called it's in a book called teenage mutant ninja turtles classics just classics Okay. It's the last three books in that series. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the whole series that like produces the whole guest era. Uh, okay, so I I do have added. at least one of those because it had like Mark Mark Martin's uh, weird time travel stuff. I was like, I don't really want to buy all the guest era stuff again, so I kind of yeah. quit picking those up. So okay, yeah. I'll have to I'll have to go back and find those. Yeah, the last three issues are volume two. They're colored. Uh, I don't think you can get them in black and white anywhere. They're original black and white. But I think that volume was in color. Was it in color? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have known. All right. Then. Yeah. It seems like volume four is the next. I mean, if volume three, if they could reprint volume three and there was mm-hmm. an audience for it, why not volume four? You know? Yeah. Who knows? I feel like people would check it out, but you have to. I don't know. I guess we'll have to get to that point eventually. Because as well as on top of volume four, they had two, they had like four mini series for each turtle as well, right? Like, like four issue miniseries. Yep, yep. Bad Moon Rising, Brain Thief, uh, Blind Sight, and the Third Kind. Yeah, I. You know what, Spencer? I can't remember my social security number, but I remember the four miniseries <laughs> from Tales Volume Two of the Ninja Turtles off the top of my head. There you go. <laughs> and I mean, that's really that's really the important stuff. I mean, you're not gonna tell us your social security number but you are going to tell us all about ninja turtles so right mm-hmm. yeah that's, uh, that's, although, what we, that's what we need you for i'm bringing up the rear tonight uh, i think spencer's starting us off right no it's actually mike he's gonna mike. start us so, off let, let me, me uh let me tell you a story perhaps i can best explain the story of my young friends and i is really the story of a man named hamato yoshi so A Tale of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is issue one of Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, published in May of 1987. Plot and story by Kevin and Peter. Uh, layouts of pencils by Jim Lawson. Ryan Brown on ink. Steve Levine on letters. So our story starts with all the turtles still at the farmhouse in Massachusetts. Uh, they're trying to renovate the place. Uh, they're carrying a refrigerator in and 
uh april looks at it and it is just filthy uh raf in the meantime is uh given being given a tour of the old house by casey uh we cut to a couple guys uh talking about how they want to go plan to scare casey find out this is his cousin sid who finds out that casey's back in town and he wants to go scare him for old time's sake uh sid and his boys uh, arrive at the farmhouse and hold casey and april at gunpoint uh where K- sid's plan changes and he's trying to get casey to give up the location of the secret treasure that casey's grandpa and sid's grandpa uh stole however casey has no idea what he's talking about uh when he keeps saying x marks the spot that's what the grandpa said when he died the turtles overhear this and uh lure the men uh sid's men outside and start picking them off one by one sid and casey finally come to an understanding when he uh, sid keeps saying x marks the spot casey remembers that his grandpa and casey saved a dog that he wound up naming spot and burying uh under the barn around the back casey takes sid back there and uh together they uncover a small box the two men fight over it um sid drops his gun april holds it on the two of them and then as uh sid wrestles the box free he opens it and it's a bunch of papers fly out turns out it's not the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that they all thought it might be it was a bunch of receipts that casey's grandma had saved because she donated all of the money that casey's grandpa stole Sid is distraught and Casey says uh, to leave and never come back, uh, which he does. The turtles all kind of gather at the end saying that uh, they hope that Casey's cousin will notice that all of his men are neatly packed into the trunk. That's it. That was a nice short issue. Yeah. No, the Hmm. tails aren't super long. It's confusing when you say nobody disappears. So it is. I proper now. Nobody. Yeah. At the very end, they say like he's gone, and he, they say like nobody. And oh yeah, Leo says nobody's gone. They're like yeah. that his name's nobody, and he's like, well, he didn't really say his name. Yeah. So he's nobody. <laughs> I was proud of myself for knowing who nobody was before I read this story. because uh, that you. is not a that is not a TMNT character that a lot of people know about. Mm-mm. All right. Yeah, he appears in the 2003 series. This also gets adapted in there. And so unless you kind of watched that one or read the comics, you don't really know who he is. Which we've both established that I do not. <laughs> How did so, you know him? Um, I, you know, I think it was my like early 2000s. I had already fallen out of the 2003 show at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it was through lurking on the Technodrome forums where i kind of started expanding my my like mirage knowledge ah gotcha so i remember seeing nobody and like hearing about him and reading a little bit about him but this was before like turtlepedia was really set up right cool all right well i'm bringing out the rear with issue four titled i monster this was published in january of 88 so just i mean weeks after the cartoon first aired, right? Because it was December of 87. Yep. Uh, story right in, after. Right, right. Story in pencils by Jim Lawson, inks by Ryan Brown, and letters again by Steve Levine. 
So a man rises from the swamp, deciding it's too cold for the swamp routine, and it's time to go inland to make his home in the factory. Uh, we cut to outside the factory, and the TMNT and Casey are inspecting the place. Casey wants to do some spray painting on the side of the building. The turtles, they just kind of want to check it out. As they're wandering around the place, they notice Mike is missing. We see Mike going alone before the man from the swamp hits him upside the head with a plank of wood. Mike wakes up tied down to some boards, and the man threatens him, telling Mike that he's a monster that Mike should fear. The man see, says he has a lot of work to do and leaves Mike alone for the night. Rats start pouring into the room Mike is in, and he's able to get free, but he's being overwhelmed by the rats. Uh, the rest of the turtles and Casey show up in the nick of time, and they kill a bunch of those rats that are trying to eat Michelangelo. They ask Mike where he's been, and they hear this, uh, from somewhere in the factory. It's the man who thinks he's a monster, and the turtles give chase. They're lured into a circular uh, arena kind of building where the monster man slams the door, and from atop of the open structure, he explains that he used to bring whatever he found in the swamp to the rats in an attempt to gain their favor, but now they'll just eat whatever he brings. Rats start flooding in from the holes in the walls. Uh, the turtles and Casey, they fight the rats for a bit, and then Mike is able to break through a part of the structure, and the turtles escape. Once everyone, once everyone is out, Leo throws a shuriken up at the monster man. It hits him square in the chest. And he falls back into the arena, and we hear rats kind of chittering around him. The turtles take off, and a while later, we see the monster man sitting in the arena with a rat in his hand. He says he's the rat king, and everything fears him except the rats. The end. I also knew who the rat king was. no i'm kidding um i think i forgot that rat king wasn't an 80s uh an 87 creation i i forgot that he was uh first in uh mirage yeah it's his first appearance here yeah he's uh i don't think he was initially made as the rat king because he shows up in the those palladium role-playing games Mm-hmm. And he's just called Monster. He's not called Rat King. Hmm. So I think I think calling him the Rat King and giving the whole Pied Piper spiel was more of a cartoon thing than this comic thing. Yeah, because he doesn't seem like to have any mystical powers other than like that one shot where he manifests claws for a second. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even then, that's kind of like a. I I interpreted it as it was in his head. That's why I thought too. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of dealing with like becoming a monster in his brain, and he he's about he thinks he's killed Mike, so he's like, ah, I'm becoming the monster, and he yeah, puts his hand and becomes a claw for a second. Yeah, it's interesting. There, there's well, here we can I guess we can talk about that in the second time around. <laughs> yeah. Hey, nice junk. All right. So, number one. Uh, my first thing that I've written is just that all three of these episodes, all of these issues were adapted in the 2003 series. And so part of the reason why I like them is they just kind of bring me back. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of nostalgic for me reading them. Mm. Uh, just remembering those episodes because they were good episodes of the show. They were. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that kind of makes me want to go watch the episodes now, which I can't believe I'm saying it. I want to go watch 2003 yeah the first yeah. one is in i heard it here i actually said it yeah the very first one is in is episode one of season four 
And I actually think they tell the story a little bit better. This is one of the few cases where I'll say like, yeah, the cartoon actually maybe did this a little better. And the reason why is because they raised the stakes because the turtles are all injured and like some of them are on crutches and things. And so taking down these guys is a little mm-hmm. tougher for them than yeah. it normally would be. And, and that makes me actually glad because um, I'll get into it in anchovies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in this issue, we get a pinup by Dan Berger and it's like his first work for Mirage. It's this really cool picture of like all four turtles along the bottom with this like giant shredder silhouette behind him. It's super cool. And for whatever reason, it was used on the box of the first wave of hero clicks for anybody that plays hero clicks. It was a really weird addition to that box, but that's the art they went with. Huh? Yeah. Almost makes you want hero clicks. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Hero Clicks is a good way to get a lot of characters that you normally wouldn't. So, as like some kind of little toy. Huh. Yeah, definitely. Especially like they did a good job with most of the Ninja Turtle toys, like, or Hero Clicks. Like, I never thought I would have a Monstrex from uh, the Adventure Specials, the one that's mm. like for uh, like the Wolfman and Frankenstein and the Mummy all combined together. They made a Hero Click of him. So, I have huh. merchandise that's Monstrex. Yeah, I I might slowly end up, you know, sinking into the the toy verse. I just bought, you know, I just told you guys, but uh, for the listeners, and I just bought one of those Fugitoid statues from Kevin Eastman's website. Yeah, you know, nice. I'm I'm slowly getting pulled in. Oh man, if you ever, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and hold gonna, back. But. I'm gonna I'm gonna convert you. I'm gonna convert you. You're gonna be buying NECA soon. If they do stuff with the comic books, then then maybe. But That's already. I don't they think already I'd said buy. they're gonna. They already yep. said they're gonna. They already did. I missed out on the loot crate. Those are all sold out. Apparently, everyone went. Yeah, with their unfortunately, checks. yeah. By the time you guys listen to this, the uh, crates sold out a couple days ago. They were scheduled to end on the twenty third, um, but they sold out before that. Yeah, man. Now you're gonna have to pay scalper prices, man. That's true. No, nah, I just won't do it. But that's the thing. The only the only Mirage character in the loot crate this this one was the um one of the clone shredders, the claw. Yeah, one. the lobster one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm if, into that though. So all right. Well, if you're you can, I'll, you know, I might be one willing to part with mine. <laughs> oh no, I wouldn't make for, you do that for a handsome finder's fee, of course. Uh, you know, I would be fair. I would be fair. <laughs> Oh, but that's that. that's probably actually not probably that's definitely my least anticipated crate out of the series so hmm. well i'm not saying i'm not saying the other mirage stuff might come with it but the figure might go to you <laughs> well all right maybe maybe i'll look into that <laughs> uh i don't know if any of you guys noticed the new chat yep yeah uh, we had chat watch chat watch mm-hmm. uh so that was a uh soda can yeah chet's uh what was it chet's imported chet's special export i think it was called mm-hmm. <laughs> chet's getting fancy yeah you guys all over the place yeah this guy must own like half of everything in the mirage universe yeah I mean, him and dooney it's <laughs> yeah right um it's it's wild because like chet's not a name you associate with like a high-end brand and like to call to call itself um like special export like that's that's kind of a nice name 
Mm-hmm. You know, like that that's a nice descriptor that you would you wouldn't necessarily have tied to a name like Chet. Like I'll I'll it cracks me up. There's a there's a company called Dale Tiffany. And Tiffany's is like, you know, high-end jewelry and stuff. Yeah. So having Dale <laughs> in front of Tiffany is just a, yeah. It doesn't quite go together. Doesn't Dale have that pale ale? It's like the Miller Lite of pale ales. <laughs> I mean, Dale, that's like a that's a you know, Dale Earnhardt is a NASCAR driver. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now where I live, there is uh, a piano moving company, and maybe they move other things too. I'm not sure, but mm. it's Chet's, and it's like oh, I mean, it looks like a van from the Mirage universe, and it it's like always two cars in front of me when I'm going to work in the morning. It's like <laughs> the best thing. It's fantastic. Yeah. Just, just take a picture of it. We'll put it up on the on the socials. I can. Yeah. Absolutely. I already have, and I can. Yeah. Sorry, I've been on Reddit. Don't worry. Yes. Yeah. Man, if I had, if I started a business, I would just call it Chet's, just as an obscure Ninja Turtle reference that no one would understand. It looks. I mean, references. just like that that moving lines van, Chet's moving lines from uh, issue ten, that mm. the very last page. I mean, it looks almost exactly like that though kind of cursive you font and everything it's perfect oh that is amazing yeah now, this issue uh it also had a printing error like it's it's one of the more famous printing errors in ninja turtles because it went to the printer at, at at the same time as the second print of issue four so there's like a thousand copies floating around there somewhere of tmnt issue four with this cover so it says ninja turtles and number four but it's it's this book and this oh, cover yeah. and everything yeah so huh if so check check when you buy and make sure there's not a number four on it you might have something uh real special yeah i mean are those worth like extra money because of the printing error or yeah so they they caught it after it was printed and a lot of them were destroyed but i guess like they caught fifty nine thousand of them and printed sixty thousand. so there's like a thousand out there in the wild somewhere wow yeah hmm that's good to know i'll have to keep an eye out next time i go through the long boxes at the shop well that's all i had to say for this issue I'd you guys... <laughs> yeah, I'm, trying yeah. to, I'm trying to think like i like this issue was interesting like i didn't know i had seen or i didn't know that casey had any extra family before because like i said i didn't know that they adapted this in 2003 so uh it was kind of interesting to see he does have family and they all think he's crazy too yeah yeah mm-hmm. they mentioned that he's like some sort of sociopath or yeah something. well then nobody's fool nobody's fool who's barney miller like michelangelo asked if he can finish watching <laughs> barney miller so who i imagine is michelangelo i just but by the way i can't i can't wait i'm just gonna i'm gonna punch it now because i i can't wait i can't wait to explain what yabba dabba do is to you because you oh, don't I understand know, all i know these. what that is yeah i know we're gonna have to uh <laughs> explain yabba dabba do to you that's um, Dick's issue but barney miller barney miller was a cop show um back in the 70s and um i think it ended in the early 80s yeah um, so like because I, I, I looked it up i'm like they would be watching reruns of barney miller i think it ended yeah in like 82 or something so like i i 
barely remember Barney Miller being on TV when I was younger, because as we've established in the last episode, I'm the oldest one on the podcast. <laughs> well, I'm the oldest in temperament. You're just the <laughs> oldest physically. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm one step closer now to understanding who Barney Miller is. I kind of, kind of get it. It's an old cop show. It's old cop show. It's, yeah, it's it's just like it's an old or, cop show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Barney Miller crawled, so Chips Miller or so Chips could walk. We do get a pinup by Steve Levine in this issue. I think it might be the first time we've seen his art. Like he's been doing letters since issue five, but mm. I don't think he's drawn anything until this issue. Um. And Spencer, I know I brought this up before when we were doing the uh, the Cerebus story about how Michelangelo's nunchucks are often blue. If you look uh, at the cover of this issue, they are a very bright, bright blue. That boy likes his blue. <laughs> you know, why not? Maybe they're just metal. I don't know. I don't know what they're going for with that. So someone, and I'm guessing it might, must have been the artist, you know, it must have been uh, Jim Lawson. I mm-hmm. might be wrong, but I wonder if he's like really into metal. Because yeah. in so the I... last issue, Casey has a Metallica shirt. <laughs> yeah. And then in this issue, there's graffiti that says like Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth. Misfits, Megadeth. And I that cracked me up because I was like, who tags those, those bands? Yeah. Yeah. The main the mainstreamist of metal bands. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like none of I mean, in 87, I don't know if they necessarily would have been still punk rock or mainstream because i think metallica at this point was pretty mainstream mm-hmm. um whether or not like they actually were like they were in the 90s but like yeah, <laughs> yeah. it just it's a funny it's a funny thing that you would never see really tagged on a wall like i guess in kind of i don't want to say podunk you know massachusetts but really <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh it's ryan brown who's the big metal head is it right uh, okay brown? yeah the, the inker yeah he's uh, a notorious metal head so mm. yeah, yeah okay so that's probably who did that i was just curious because I, I see both the metallica on casey jones's shirt and mm. then there was like all of the the metal graffiti and so i was mm-hmm. wondering i was like all right someone's got to be into metal <laughs> Yeah, he's. I know he's done pinups with like Raphael holding a guitar with a Metallica shirt. And I'm pretty sure he's the guy that made Anthrax. That was a '87 cartoon character. Probably. Yeah, he's a big metalhead. So the um, the town they go to is Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, in a tale of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's uh, Holyoke or Holyoke, Massachusetts. I'm not sure. I could not find out how to pronounce it. That's where Sid's from, right? That's where that's where Sid's from, yeah. Gotcha. And so it's like, it's kind of cute that like Kevin and Peter are throwing out all these like tiny towns that nobody would ever hear of, you know? Yeah. I, that to me, that makes these books feel a little bit more real. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Springfield, Springfield, Massachusetts is a real place, and the Basketball Hall of Fame is there. They mentioned visiting it. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. I mean, same thing with Holyoke. Holyoke's a real a real town. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool that they did that. I bet it just feels, especially when you live there, 
uh, I bet, you know, and especially since I imagine Ninja Turtles is all over in the comic book shops there. I bet that was super special I'm sure. to have, have your town name in it. I did think it was funny because, like, there was that shot of the Hilton <laughs> in Springfield. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's straight up a Hilton. <laughs> so does anyone know why tonight is always spelled T-O-N-I-T-E? In this issue, whenever nobody says tonight, he's just like tonight. I didn't, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that either. But you know, spell check wasn't a thing back in eighty eight, eighty seven. <laughs> That's I, the only thing I can think. <laughs> I want to say it's to save space. Yeah. In lettering, because it's one letter less. Yeah, I, I mean, I was, I was wondering what the reason was. You know, if but it was that's really... actually. Idea that's just funny that like I read the whole issue and I didn't even notice it. Yeah, I I mean I I guess maybe it's weird that I noticed it, but I'm just really because it's not that many letters more. Like it's only like one letter less. Yeah, it's it's only one letter less, but you got to think when you're when you're lettering these word bubbles, you only have so much real estate. That's true. And you know, one letter can make a huge difference. I mean, like we've all done it. We've all written, you know, big on a notepad and Oop, you cut out there. E B I R T H D A uh the Y is gonna go over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna Google tonight spelt that way to see <laughs> to see because like I feel like I don't think it's a reference to anything. I really, I really think it's just to help save space. It, yeah, it. I, I didn't even notice it. I can't even find it in here now that you've said it. I was gonna do that instead of talking on this podcast. I'll be back, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's. I can't find it anywhere. All right. Well, I monster. I I got I got one one or two more quick things I want to talk about. Oh, okay. So, um. First off, the last page, Stig's Inferno, is the paper that's kind of flying by nobody. That's a comic by Ty Templeton, who's a, a real good comic writer. Uh, I know Ty. I've met him before. Yeah, he wrote like Batman Adventures when I was a mm-hmm. kid, but like that's like that was his first like creator-owned work, and it's got a big cult following. It's all free online too. If you I did not it. know that about Ty Templeton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No relation, by the way. <laughs> Um, dang that's what i was angling for yeah i figured (laughs) no that's that's how i met him um but uh no he and i are not related although there are not very many templetons so i wouldn't doubt it however we couldn't i don't think we are okay and then uh i know we've talked before about when the ninja turtle is wearing glasses while watching television you all told me they weren't 3d glasses but in this issue they are Clearly 3D glasses. Okay, so in in the uh, in the colored classics version that I was reading, they are not 3D glasses. Hmm. They are colored differently, but they are not a red and blue 3D glasses. Red and blue. Okay, mine are a red and very very light blue. Mine is a brown and like that color they use for like clear glasses oh okay well so, i'm gonna go with what keith's has been colored since that's back <laughs> when it was owned by mirage i mean uh, I'm no not... this is from idw this oh, is from, it's from idw yeah yeah which book do you have 
Um, it is called Eastman Laird's Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Can I? Turn oh, is it the background. omnibus that has some of volume two in it as well? No, no. Okay. Uh, let's see here. It's got the same cover. That's the one. I have the big, thick one that has like the first so many issues of volume two as well. Oh yeah, that's the one I read. This one here. Yeah. Oh. Mike, are you red, green, and colorblind? Uh, don't do that to me, buddy. <laughs> I'm just asking. Don't, you said, don't call you said me it was out brown. Like that. You, you said it was brown. Hang on, I gotta, I gotta look at this again now. Okay. Now I've got to look at it too. Jeez. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. this all makes for entirely exciting. Oh, weird. That's so weird. Yeah. It, I don't know if my phone's color settings are off. Oh, that might be it. If you're on your phone, it might be doing something wonky there. Yeah. Good thing we discuss the important stuff on this podcast. Like right? whether That's, or not yeah, like, really I'm sure I'm glasses. sure this makes for a riveting <laughs> That's right. I think we figured out that maybe the color on Mike's phone is a bit off. But here's what mine looks like. No, okay. So I can see it in yours. Hang on, I'm gonna find that exact panel. Let me screenshot that. Yeah, I've got one red and one blue, but they color it like more like it's glass and they make the frames brown. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Hmm. So I wonder what the what, why the choice of coloring them brown happened. It is it it is weird, but but hey, I guess what the heck. The other thing I want to point out, and it's a coloring error in the version that I have, but the turtle it's Regan newspaper is wearing a skull cap. He's not wearing the skull cap that covers his eyes. It actually starts above his eyes. I only noticed it when I read it in black and white, but I've never seen that before. A turtle wearing a mask only on their forehead and up, not covering their eyes. Hmm. Yeah. It's in the colored version, it looks like a bandana. But if you notice, there's not a line below the color. Anyway, I've read these books way too much, apparently. Yeah, I think you have. <laughs> uh, no, I think. That's just the shading on that. I do like that he had the power to turn them into couch potatoes when he slaps them on the back. Yeah, that's pretty great. That was pretty great. Yeah. That's all I got for that one. <laughs> Sorry. I had to get my two seconds. I noticed in this issue that Raph and Mike start using their or holding their weapons in the front of their belt instead of the yeah. back of their belt, which is something I noticed that Lawson does like all the time because Raph's sire are huge in, in the front of his belt after a while. And it, it I noticed that because in the um in the cousin Sid issue, I'm just gonna call it the cousin Sid issue. Um yeah. Raph wears them in the front in the back. Mm-hmm. So I I I because I noticed that too and I wrote it down. I feel like they put them in the front sometimes so that we can easily tell which turtle is which. Yeah. And so it kind of switches back and forth depending on who's in the shot. Yeah. Because we're still we're still in the red the red mask era. So yeah. It's still well, not super easy to know who's who. Yeah, Mirage will always be that way any any volume you're reading. And so that's what that's why I like it when they put them up front like that is that it makes it really easy to tell who's who. Right. Um we also get a pin up by butch adams i try to look at him up i guess he's like a horror comic artist but i don't know much about him and then weirdly in that color version uh it says that this issue takes place before issue 19 of the regular story but it doesn't say that in the original 
version. Mm-hmm. So kind of strange, but mm. yeah, I think they just added it in there for because it, I'm kind of surprised they didn't include these in the ultimate collection, or at least these ones where you end up with these characters that show up again, yeah. like uh, nobody because he does show up in like the main run. Mm-hmm. And so it would have been nice for them to have actually included it in, right. in the ultimate collection just so you could be able to see oh yeah that's who this character is instead of them being like oh yeah he's in tales of teenage mutant ninja turtles go find that new comic go, book reader you know <laughs> yeah. go buy more of our stuff who would do that <laughs> i always i mean I, I love it and i'll buy more of it but i always feel bad for anyone that is first starting to get into ninja turtle comics which is part of why i started this podcast as well you know why i wanted to do this is because it is a pain uh to understand everything especially just because of the way they published it it shouldn't be as complicated as it is yeah (laughs) right to read everything and to kind of know what's going on but it is because like normally like i don't mind reading things out of order Mm -hmm. and as long as i can read it complete and yeah. like I clearly know, like okay, like this is set at a different time. Mm-hmm. So for me, kind of going through all these for the first time, like uh, I really appreciate you putting them in this order too, though, because it is kind of neat to see how much happens during like the story, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would just be nice to do it that way, try and tell a linear story. Uh, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Well, mission accomplished, buddy. Woo. Yeah. So, what do you guys think? Is the Rat King a monster or is he a crazy person? Hey, he's a crazy person. I think he's a crazy person. Yeah. I I don't know. I almost kind of think he is a monster because, like, he talks about how he was the ghost there. And there's, you know, like the years before he was the ghost, now he's the monster. Nah, he's pretty much a crazy person. Just, just, just not so here's uh here's from the transdimensional ninja turtles so monster because he's called monster not the racking monster sometime in the past has gone through some traumatic event that has snapped his mind completely he deliberately forgot his old life even his old name and is trying to act like the monsters that he remembers from his boyhood comic books and grade b films so there you go well, but yeah, hey, he he definitely becomes something more after this issue because he shows yes. up in the city at war and, mm-hmm. and when Splinter dies later. So yeah, he definitely becomes something more. But I think he starts more or less as a regular guy. See, like I think that's why, like I prefer Rat King to be a little bit more supernatural mm-hmm. because when it's just a hokey guy, you know, just a hokey crazy person living in the sewer, like it's that's not scary that's not creepy to me and so like this rat king um i i don't know i just he was okay like it, it's i don't know i just wasn't feeling him hmm. yeah it definitely did feel like a horror comic to me though reading at this time i've been reading a lot of like swamp thing and hellblazer lately mm. And this did kind of feel like it was along those lines. You know, it wasn't, it's not like Alan Moore level, of course, or, you know, or Hellblazer level. You, but it you definitely know, does feel like a horror issue. What probably yeah. would have helped would have been if I had read it in black and white. 
Because I think mm-hmm. reading it in color, it is so bright. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at a picture of the Rat King in black and white, and that is creepy looking. There's also like several shots where he's like kind of hiding the shadows and stuff. And like in color, you can see him. I mean, he's in a giant green bodysuit. You know, he yeah. sticks out like a sore thumb, but in black and white, he kind of blends in with the wall a little better. But yeah, exactly. So I think. Yeah, I think I kind of did myself a disservice, you know, reading reading it in color. Unfortunately, I, I, I don't really have an option. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the only way they've made it available right now is in color for all of these uh, Tales issues. I mean, which I've said before is very helpful because, mm-hmm. like, it's easy to see what Kevin Eastman is drawing when things, <laughs> yeah. are, when things are in color. Um, yeah. But I think this particular issue needed... At, at just at least just not a bri- as bright of color palette. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're talking about negatives, should we go ahead and get into the anchovies and really dig into what we hated about these issues? Yeah, we're going to anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about number one is the art is a little rough in this issue in some spots. This is definitely at the very beginning of Jim Lawson's uh, writing the tales of teenage mutant ninja turtles stuff. Yeah. The yeah. humans look rough. Mm-hmm. The the humans really do look rough. Um, April does not look anything like we've seen her. Casey, Casey and Sid. Honestly, I for, I forgot which was which a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I grant, Casey- I get, get it. They're I get it. They're related, but like, I forgot who was who at some point. Mm-hmm. It's like they can't remember if Sid has a beard or not sometimes, too. Like, sometimes, yeah. he, and that beard is just like a bunch of lines drawn down his face, you know? Mm. Yeah. Ironically, I like this style for the Turtles by Jim, as opposed to, like, his later stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I I don't know. Like, Jim Lawson, like, when he got, when his art got more angular, um, it's definitely more unique. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know, like like the cover art for the trade that we that we all read. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that style for the turtles. I don't know why. Like it, it's I don't know. Uh, I'm not I'm saying a... I'm not saying Jim Lawson's a bad artist by any means. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. Yeah, it's it's polarizing, definitely. I also think Jim Lawson is one of those artists that like he shouldn't ink his own stuff. And like, I, I think that about Kevin Eastman too. And uh, like Ryan Otley is another really good comic book artist, but when he inks his own stuff, it just looks really bad. Like they just need someone else to take it over and kind of separate it out and, and do yeah. their own art with it. But yeah, I, Jim Lawson's art as he goes on definitely becomes very, very unique. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes like, I think part of it is he's trying to, not necessarily copy Kevin and Peter, but like he's trying to make it as seamless as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, if you didn't know better, you would think these issues were drawn by Kevin and Peter, mm-hmm. which he does succeed because at some point, like I had to double check and make sure that, you know, Kevin wasn't drawing the humans in this issue. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I do. I do prefer when his art becomes more stylized for me personally. Uh, and he kind of finds his own, his own, uh, mm-hmm his own way of, of drawing and I, I really like that later stylized look but uh 
and some of these early issues entails i'm i kind of like it better when he gets uh as he gets better there's quite the shift too from like like issue one looks completely different from issue four yeah even like issue three to issue four looks like completely different like issue three is kind of this there's not a lot of heavy shading or anything and then issue four it's all dark and moody and yeah yeah it's quite the variety of process series yeah and i'd even say that just issue two and i'll get into it and i love being a turtle but the art improves a lot compared to this issue oh yeah i also like i feel like cousin sid or a tale of the team and t whatever you want to call this issue like cousin sid I'm glad that we read it in this order because um, it was actually published before issue 11. But I feel like it kind of undercuts like like issue 11 is a very serious story about like healing after trauma. And this is kind of like the guy's goofing around and, and pulling up a refrigerator in case he's showing everybody where he punched through the wall and all this other kind of stuff. It kind of mm-hmm. just undercuts that story a little bit. I think I would have felt that more had I read it before issue 11 and not after. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, my my thing is like overall, it's a very it's not even good filler because we really didn't learn anything about anybody. Mm-hmm. Like the best filler episodes are you know character plot episodes, and we really only kind of learned that Casey had a has a cousin who thinks he's a jerk, and. And that's about it. Yeah, I'd say and, it's and a the, charitable grandmother. And a charitable grandmother. Yeah, yeah. Like but we I, didn't learn anything about Casey. We didn't learn mm-hmm. any. Like, and this would have been a perfect opportunity to learn more about him. Yeah, but I also think that's kind of the point of like tales of the teenage mutant ninja turtles. Is it's not even just to like it's to expand their universe a little, as well as just like tell I think just fun stories that they wanted to to tell on the side that they didn't feel like fit in with the story arc that they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think the rest of the series does a better job of really expanding the universe out. This one just kind of takes like, yeah, like a half inch bigger universe. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it just like, barely because it really doesn't feel. It really didn't feel like anything was expanded. It just, yeah. it just kind of this issue just kind of happened. Yeah, uh, nobody's fool. Um, it is kind of weird that nobody is just kind of batman yeah yeah no, he, he's a batman knockoff for sure it's it's batman tmnt before batman tmnt ever yeah. happened right like and it, and if anything like you know when you think of superheroes they're always in you know major cities so for springfield manhattan <laughs> or springfield New- northampton you know springfield, massachusetts, massachusetts yeah springfield yeah. massachusetts for for that city to have its own batman um is is a little is a little silly. Yeah. Well, I mean, they yeah. apparently have like an arms race going on there, so maybe like yeah. it's just a response to the amount of crime happening. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sure. And we don't know. We don't know that nobody is from Springfield. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know if that's the case or if he's just True. tailing these guys. But it really is just kind of silly because I don't think normally there are any superheroes from massachusetts but yeah turtles you can't universe, think of anything else on my head you know it's the ninja turtles universe so maybe springfield's bigger there 
I mean, that's that's definitely true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, their New York is definitely not real world New York. That's for certain. Small things. Small things annoy me. Was, Mike, anything for you on this that, issue? That was that was kind of it. Like, I really don't have like I think out of the three, like this is probably the one I enjoyed the most. But yeah, other than him just kind of being a weird Batman ripoff and you know, Springfield, Massachusetts having its own Batman. Uh, that's kind of it. It's it, it's overall. I mean, out of these three, I think it was the best one. Hmm. Okay. All right then, the Rat King. Well, I monster. I monster. Yeah. I didn't like this one. Ooh. It just. I don't know. It was like like I said, if this, I think if just the color grading in in the version that we read was appropriate and it would have helped set the tone better because at no point did i feel creeped out other than like just kind of eh, like this is just kind of a weird dude hmm. like he's not creepy in any way like i never felt michelangelo was like in any real danger because yeah. because ultimately like he tried he straps michelangelo to the board and then like doesn't do anything to take care of the other turtles uh, like he doesn't send them away so michelangelo is never really alone and i just the danger never felt real i'm the opposite man i, I really like this issue so yeah. I mean, that's fine I mean, we're talking opinions here like yeah yeah I, you know in the, the rat king i guess because of my context from earlier like i like it when the rat king is more supernatural so this being just kind of a creepy guy like just just a kind of a homeless weirdo like i don't know yeah there's like two things that really bug me about this issue and one is that some of the text bubbles don't line up with the turtles that are speaking it seems like it's like there's a part where rav says like you needn't be reminded which is not something that Raphael would ever say <laughs> but like the bubbles are just kind of off a little bit yeah mm-hmm. and then the rat king calls himself a moss encrusted mockery of the man I once was twice within like five pages. I'm like, come up with something new, man. <laughs> like expand your vocabulary. My right. Guy. Yeah. You have all that time alone in the swamp to think through things. You can't come up with one other phrase. Come on. Yeah. Mine is that like the rat King just like waits for Mike to wake up and then screams at him. Yeah, you know, like Mike's knocked out. Like he wakes up, and the second he wakes up, the Rat King just like ah, <laughs> screaming at him yeah. right there, waiting. I just imagine him just patiently waiting for him to wake up so that he can scream. Yeah, <laughs> sipping a little thing of tea. Like, come on, man, he's gonna paper out. Check, checking his sundial to see how long it's been. Come on, wake up. So I thought it was kind of weird that Casey's got this fascination with graffiti. Like yeah, when they when they find when they find the wall, he's the first thing he wants to do is tag it. I don't know. Casey just you know, for for a guy who is very much about gotta teach these punks a lesson so they follow the law, you yeah. know, for him to want to tag a building. As a like Casey, pick a lane. Yeah, it is weird, but he has done it before, uh, in fun with guns, which is yeah. a short story. But yeah, you're right, it is strange that. He's committing a crime 
and the way we met him was by him almost killing people for committing crimes so yeah it does seem like when he does that though it's mostly for things like stealing and not really tagging but, yeah so he doesn't he doesn't consider graffiti to be a crime mm-hmm. worthy of a bat to the face Maybe it's just got to be graffiti of a certain art level, right? Like it can't just be spraying oh, yeah. metallic on the side. It's got to be like a nice. <laughs> yeah, but do we want? Do we yeah. want to? You know, do we want to have Casey Jones as an art critic to be the one to judge what's good graffiti and what's not? I would not like that guy. Has clearly had too many concussions. I would not yeah. want him to judge my art. <laughs> Although who knows? He might be able to see something that no one else can. Yeah. True. Yeah. Maybe he's an authority. No, and we just never knew. Yeah, uh, that was that's that's it for me. The is like I said, least favorite issue of the three. Hmm. We're we're gonna have to like come up with a little ranking of this whole series towards the end of this episode. Uh, right? I'm gonna give it. Uh, it's not a bad story, uh, so I'm gonna give it. Mm, I'm gonna give it two shells. Okay. Out of how many shells? Out of, out of, out of four, obviously. Out of four, uh, obviously. Out of four. All right. I almost went pizza, but then it's like your standard pizza is eight, eight to ten slices. You know, if you order right. large. Um, I got a shakaroni pizza one time. It was supposed to be as big as shack and full of pepperoni. It was like <laughs> it was like fourteen slices. It was insane. Just greasy. Oh, it was terrible. Have. Keith, you're probably old enough. Do you remember the Bigfoot pizza? No. Pizza oh, no, I don't. That was like 20 slices of pizza from Pizza Hut. See, that sounds amazing. It was, I mean, it was the square pizza. So it wasn't uh-huh. like, it wasn't as good. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't like square pizza. I don't I'm going to throw it out there right now. Yeah. You know, it, it sucks when you get that middle piece, you know, because yeah. like you, you get grease no matter what. Well, even even corners, even corners on square pizzas aren't good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like it's my least favorite kind of pizza. We usually get the like deep, deep dish uh, little Caesars pizza, which is like two square pizzas. They're somehow I'm not, I'm burnt to a crisp deep dish. Yeah. They're somehow like burnt to the crisp on the edges and mm. completely raw in the center, which is its own type of art, but not one that I appreciate. <laughs> Talking about pizza, uh, by the time this episode goes up, I hope you guys can still get to Little Caesars if you have one in your area and get the pretzel crust pizza because that'll be gone. Oh, I didn't even know they were doing that. Oh, dude, so good. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's pretzel crust and the cheese they use is kind of they they put cheddar in the mozzarella oh oh man it's it's an experience and they put like that like huge pretzel salt on the crust oh man so i got got one of those pretzel salts jammed up under my teeth one time so i'm a little little gun shy when it comes to pretzels but understandable i mean you could flake it off but yeah it's it's soft doughy pretzel crust Hmm. highly recommend it but yeah if you guys uh are listening to this uh, i think it goes away on the 28th so i think this episode goes up on the 28th no it'll be gone it'll be gone by then sorry guys (laughs) sorry you have to make your own comes back again yeah well weird 
Maybe I'll try it this weekend. There you go. There's been a craze of pretzel breads recently. Like I think Red Robin has a pretzel bread, and I think Burger King had one for a while. I don't get it personally. Yeah, they had their pretzel burger, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Guys, we should do a fast food podcast too. Like on the side. Yeah. Even just like a pretzel bread one. I mean, just fast food, <laughs> fast food from different parts of this country. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. look, I'm not always a fan of Burger King, but whenever the Angry Whopper is in, I'll go to a Burger King. I haven't been to a Burger King in 20 years. Yeah. I only ever go mm-hmm. when the Angry Whopper's back and I have to get an Angry Whopper because that's They don't sauce. have they don't have that many Burger Kings in uh, a lot of Southern California. Like they're, they're around. Mm-hmm. Um, but like growing up, I could never tell you where one was unless it was oh, like man. in another city. And I'd be like, Oh, it's the one in the other city. Um, and the place I live with my wife now, there is one, you know, walking distance and I still have not been there. <laughs> oh man. Cause You're it's so, out. it's so low on my list. Yeah, I'm not a fan of most of their stuff, but that Angry Whopper, just for the Angry Whopper sauce, <laughs> I could I, I could eat there. And see, to bring it back around, I think that is a point of how little I cared about this issue. That, <laughs> that we turned it around and started talking about food, and that was more interesting <laughs> than the Eye Monster issue. Uh, if you insist. Ah, uh, see? Well. You all fell for my trap. Mm-hmm. Well, we can stop, uh, you know, falling in, <laughs> falling down this trap and get into what we loved about this stuff. Then. Oh, I love being a turtle. So cousin the, Sid. Yeah, cousin Sid. The ninja scenes of them taking out Sid's pals. That felt, was like, the best the part. Not have been high. High fun. Yeah, like I loved the oh, shot so of um, I can't remember who it was popping out of the snow. It's Leo. Yeah, it's Leo. I wrote that down too. It's yeah. so good. He was like. He gets him in the back of the head with a hilt of the sword. Yes, like so that was so, that was so good. Yeah, like um, the first time they've been ninjas for a long time. It really, it really felt like it. I was, mm-hmm. I was legitimately into it, like because it really felt like the first time they'd been ninjas and using, not just like not just being sneaky, but being clever mm-hmm. and using their surroundings. You know, instead of just hiding behind a wall or something. Yeah, like Mike taunts the guy into the barn and like they use the the horn of the car to draw everyone out. Like yeah. it's yeah. good. It's good stuff. Yeah, so I really, I really loved those scenes because yeah, we actually got to see Ninja Turtles do ninja things. <laughs> and I'm gonna yeah, say that was all I had written down too. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much all I had written down for yeah. I'm gonna say I also it's, it's, liked it's a the, good short issue. Yeah. But I also enjoyed the wholesome ending. I, I did like the the twist at the end that the treasure did exist, but it was all donated. It was like, oh, yeah. I'll admit, I, di- I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were gonna have the money mm-hmm. um, when Casey figured it out, or at least um, like if it had been empty. I didn't expect to see donation receipts. Yeah. yeah. That that'd be hard to write off on your taxes though, because like it would it would be a little bit, <laughs> yeah. You know, like have that you try to try to write off, you know, a hundred thousand dollars donated to the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I, she's I, just like laundering it to herself. Like, 
she works in donations or accounts receivable at the Red Cross. It's like, oh, here's a donation, right? Who knows? Yeah, like Casey's grandma. Like, how how do you explain that to the IRS? Right, right. You don't. <laughs> you keep it on the down low. <laughs> so then. That's all we have for that one. I mean, it was yeah. a good issue. It was fun, but yeah, like, like I said at the top, it's quick. a nice short issue. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't overstay its welcome. You know, it was you were right in and right out. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just hard because like, I mean, the next issue is like a superhero issue, and then we have like a giant monster issue, and then like a horror story, and a superhero story, mm-hmm. and a sci-fi crocodile story, and then a time travel story. But we start out with like, you know, beating up a guy named Spuds. You know, it, it just kind of pales in comparison to the other ones a little yeah, bit. There's definitely yeah. a lot less going on in this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's something I love about this whole series is like, I mean, that was seven issues of seven different genres where like the turtles work really well in all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like overall, it, it was it was really cool all of these stories because they all were such different uh things that we i mean at least me i haven't really seen the turtles do before um so that was that was really cool and that's overall i enjoyed reading these these issues for that reason yeah and i feel like that's why i also really like the 2003 series that and the thing that i don't really see sometimes in the other cartoons that that one did in my opinion so well is this kind of variety of storytelling that things, even though nobody's a Batman knockoff, like it still feels in a way unique and and kind of original. See, okay. So I think the reason why I don't like it that 2003 did that Mm -hmm. um, is because I think when you have it in a main series, like none of these issues, like these are all good issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of them should be in the main line. And I think when you put them in the cartoon, that puts them in the main line and you begin to see it as filler mm-hmm. as stuff we didn't necessarily need in the show. Yeah. I think that show does a bit of a better job of like wrapping wrapping these stories into the lore of the show like what spencer was saying like this issue takes place after they've been beat up at the end of season three and then like like, the monster one is like something that bishop made a couple of episodes ago so i mean you're 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 not you're not wrong um like the the cartoon gives better context for that Mm -hmm. um but i'm i'm just saying like these stories on their own though like do just kind of take up time yeah. in the show and so like we can appreciate because like oh we're like oh that that's from you know that's from the tales of the tmnt comic like and we can appreciate it on that level but it nece- didn't necessarily have to be in the show either is my Fair. point mm-hmm. but you know you could make that same argument for a lot of rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles as well i mean rise is rise is a different type of storytelling though um mm-hmm. rise like 2003 is very much mini arcs uh-huh. like things things happen status quo things happen they go back to the status quo rise rise is kind of an overarching thing mm-hmm. so um and rise really takes place over a couple months 
really. Um, so it's not like they, they, they never really have a chance to go back to the status quo. So the entire show is the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's a, so like I said, it, it's a different kind of storytelling. So there's filler, but the filler in that show is almost always character driven. Interesting. So yeah, like, yeah I watch more of that show. I, I kind of petered out. I'm about, no, that's fine. I'm I mean, it's, it's 30, it's 39 season. episodes. So. And right. nobody, 39, movies, 39 episodes in a movie. Yeah. yeah. But you know, sometimes nobody's fool. what do we love about that one? Nobody's fool. I actually, you complained about the couch potato bit. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. It's yeah. it's not bad. It's just kind of, okay. <laughs> I remember the first time I read it, I was like, what, what are these things? Like it took me, it took me, I, I'm not the, I'm not always the quickest on the up and up, but it, it took me a couple minutes to figure out like, oh, they're potatoes. <laughs> it, they didn't, you know what got me? They didn't look like potatoes. Yeah. They look like sponges. They look like, um. <laughs> they look like the the McNuggets, like from the old McDonald's, like right. characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, just becoming a couch McNugget. Yeah, there you go. McNugget. There you go. Doesn't have the doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah, it's a clever bit. I appreciate I brought, it now. Yeah. And I brought it up earlier. Jim Lawson's art in this issue is actually really good. I really liked how good it looked. I know yeah. I've complained sometimes about like the size of people's hands or, you know, I said last issue that people kind of looked rough, but in this issue, everything looks fairly polished. It looks good. Yeah. Like it, it's definitely the strongest um, that he's done that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, I think this issue would have been better served if the color palette was darker mm-hmm. yeah. at least in the colored version that we read. Yeah. I think there's some great action in Nobody's Fool. And like it's it's laid out really well. Like there's a part where like a turtle jumps from the skylight down a couple boxes and then kicks a dude. It's mm-hmm. across like two or three panels, all the action. It looks really, really cool. And then I I especially love the thing about this issue that cracks me up every time is uh nobody missing the barge with the missile launch for yeah. the first time. <laughs> Like it's like all this action. It all it's all like getting to the peak. Like the turtles are taking out the security guards, and nobody's mm-hmm. going after the big bad guy. And then you turn the page, and he's missed. And yeah. He's like ah, he reloads <laughs> it and shoots again. It cracks me up, but it's so good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a funny bit. My other favorite bit is uh, nobody first appears behind the turtles, like surprises them, and they're kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, offended by it. And so then the next time they meet him under the bridge, they do the same thing to him. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, Leo pops out and surprises him. You know, they're just like being really petty about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something really sense. funny about that to me. Yeah. Teenagers can be pr- pretty petty. Yeah. They really are the worst of us. And it's just a fun secret agent detective issue. A fun action superhero story romp Batman level stuff. Right. So I monster, man, I, I, I like this issue on a whole lot of levels. Like I don't think Ninja Turtles as a comic ever did like a horror or creepy thing quite as well as this issue or even really tried after this issue so much. I, it just works a, a lot for me. Like knowing what the rat King is later in city at war and stuff. Like I love the sort of ambiguity at the end of this. Like, did he get eaten by the rats? Why is he still alive? Even though he got a shuriken in the chest, like, Works on a lot of levels for me. Yeah, see, like, I thought 
he just like I thought he was gonna die. So to kind of just see him l- sitting there with the rats at the end, I was kind of like, oh, okay. Have you read City at War, Mike? Not in years. Okay. Okay. Shows um, up back. Yeah, but I got. I also. After that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I said I got nothing after that. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> I also I just like seeing like Casey and the turtles hanging out. Like we don't see that a whole lot. Yeah, and that's it with fun. All the turtles. That yeah. is fun, and I really love it. I really love how excited Casey is to show them around. Yeah. Like yeah, he's, this he's is, I mean, this is kind of his hometown area. Yeah. yeah. Like he's just he's just genuinely having a good time with his friends. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Spencer? Uh there's a, quite a few things. Like I like I said, I think it's actually a pretty good horror issue. I like a lot of the monologuing from Rat King that's kind of his thoughts. Uh trying to understand the character. Now that you read that one bio about him, it makes a lot more sense now of you know why he's thinking what he's thinking and what he's <laughs> saying. You know, it actually makes a lot more sense because i did kind of like before though that i didn't know because it created a whole lot of mystery around it of like is he crazy is this supernatural like what's going on here uh and i like that element of horror just the unknown you know Mm -hmm. he is an unknown yeah i know there is a there's a vol or an issue of volume two of tales where they kind of go into his origin and i read it i was like man i kind of wish they hadn't done like it was better when i didn't know and could kind of just make it up myself you know yeah <laughs> but, but yeah what are you gonna do as you gonna do and then i also really liked casey smashing the rats heads together and just the bonk that sound was... effect over the top of it <laughs> so yeah like i i was reading this and i showed it to my wife and she was just kind of like what oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah because there's a lot of rat killing <laughs> oh yeah and just straight up like there was a who was i think it was raft that he would he karate chopped the rats back that's great i love some of the sound effects too because it's like yeah like it's it's really like a sploot at some point it (laughs) felt it felt a little weird like kind of laughing at all these rats being killed Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I know, like they're rats, but it's like at the same time, it's like your dad's a rat, guys. Like, oh, that's true. Shit, I didn't even think of that. Because that's because I was my wife. She's, she's like, that's probably your uncle or something, guys. Like, that's really, <laughs> it's really rude, Raphael. He was born at least fifteen years ago in Japan, though. Mm-hmm. We, so yeah, distant, distant cousin. Yeah, and these rats are trying to eat them. You know, like they they, they are fighting like, I, for their yeah, lives. Yeah, like I get it. They're yeah. defending themselves, but right, right. Um, it's also the first time in a long time that we've seen the, the turtles actually kill somebody because mm-hmm. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't seen them use their weapons to kill somebody in a while. Yeah. I right. like how they're getting out and Leo's just like shuriken. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But then I like, I like too after that, they stop Mike from like trying to help him. Like, like they don't want him to see what's going on, you know? Like yeah. Trying to protect him. It's a good little family moment, but. Yeah, and kind of a good character moment. You know, like that's yeah. probably one of the other few moments we get where it's kind of well, like they just don't want they character. just don't want Mikey to, you know, have that in his head that Leo murdered a guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up murdered. As if, you know, he hadn't uh, choked out anyone with his nunchucks before. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now that we've read all of Tales of the Ninja Turtles, 
volume one, what's your favorite issue? Hmm. That is something I really need to think about. Yeah, that is that is something I got to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, because like they are all so very different mm-hmm. that it's it's kind of hard to rate them all on the same. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, like, I think you're like a. All Hallows Thieves, I'm Monster, and then the Return of Savanti Romero are like the, the cream of the crop. And then Leatherhead and Nobody's Fool are kind of in the middle. And then at the bottom we have uh, Cousin Sid and Complete Carnage and Radical. I think, That's kind of how I, I think of them myself. I think I'm probably going to say my favorite issue out of um, Tales is Leatherhead. Issue six. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Leatherhead. I really like Return of Savanti Romero. Uh, oh, you know what? I didn't well. read Return of Savanti Romero because that was the episode I wasn't on with you guys. Ah, oh, yeah. You got a little homework to do, bud. So I got a little homework to do. <laughs> it's a good one. It's fun. It's, it's really good, yeah. All right, all right. If you ever wanted to see the turtles choking out dinosaurs, it's the That's issue the one. Read. <laughs> I, I know I do, so. <laughs> it is sweet. <laughs> but to pick just one like that's pretty tough uh yeah. i think okay so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say definitively leatherhead asterisk pending me reading return of Savanti romero okay sounds yeah. good i think i think return of Savanti romero might be my top one mine might be uh i monster the right king issue but Savanti romero's up there man mm-hmm. like was a good ass issue, yeah. Yeah, that one I monster, and I, I, I don't know. I just enjoy all these stories too much. Yeah. I guess this is but, like when someone asks, like, "What's a good single issue of Ninja Turtles?" I'm like, any of Tales Volume One. Like, they're all, yeah. even like the worst one is still really, really decent. So. Yeah, there's that one. You know, if anyone's talking Ninja Turtles, you know, I'm just like, well, just read number one. It's a good complete story. Yeah. Just read it. But anything works. Well, that's it for I Love Being a Turtle. Should we uh, cover the news real quick? I think we should. April O'Neil, Channel 9 News. Uh, Channel 6 News. Okay, so I got behind on something else again. Oh, no. Yeah, the best of Michelangelo issue came out last Wednesday. Oh, no, you're right. That came out this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I missed that. My bad. You can still check Uh, it out. So that was the... Uh, micro series the macro series and i forget the third issue that was in there there was only three in this one yeah it's it's the mirage and the idw micro series and then idw also did a macro series mm-hmm. so it's right. two micros and a macro there you yeah. go yeah and then they also announced that in may or they didn't announce it but i i saw now that in may they're going to be releasing a splinter one so I'm yeah, yep. I heard there was going to be a Splinter one. I'm curious as to what's in that. I was going to say, I don't feel like Splinter had very many best of stories. Yeah, he has he has his micro series issue. Yeah, but in IDW, that's that's true. Yeah, it, you could maybe consider Secret History of the Foot partially a, a Hamato Yoshi story, but that's really more Shredder focused. I'm curious if they won't put in like a Volume Four issue, like issue ten or eleven of Volume mm-hmm. Four his funeral 
I don't know. Maybe maybe that's going to lead into them reprinting Volume Four. Please, God, if you're listening to me, IDW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm curious. Like the only, I mean, what he's he's gotten beaten up by Mausers, and then he like caught one arrow from a foot soldier in issue ten, and that's like all we've really seen him do, like as the spotlight of a story. So. Yeah. Who knows? He, they might just include his bits from City at War. Maybe there will be City at War in there. Oh, like maybe there is a splinter focus story in City at War. Um, True. But that's the only other thing I could think of. Yeah, he's got a bit in Survivalists where he faces off against Skunk, but I don't know if that's enough to put that issue in there. IDW definitely has a little bit more splinter focus than this does, and that kind of yeah. be where to where to find that. Yeah, I think it. I think it's specifically because they didn't really have anything for Splinter to do after they killed Shredder. Yeah, I'm even thinking like urban legends right now, and the only thing I can think of is when he gets bathed by women with like King Komodo. And that's about it. Yeah, and there's like he gets turned into a vampire bat. Right? Into a vampire <laughs> there's like bat Souls Winter. Like, Maybe. Yeah, but you think if they were doing Souls Winter, they would just release Souls Winter and not call it like a splinter issue. Yeah. But, I mean, but and maybe. They, and, they've, and they already have re-released Souls Winter. So it's like Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see what they would have. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll uh, talk about it at the uh, IDW panel at this weekend's WonderCon at home. Yeah. Hmm. By the time you guys are listening to this, it will have been last Friday, I think is when I saw uh, it. I think it was Friday the 26th. Yeah. Yeah. It too. Hopefully, I'm off work by then. Uh, I know I'll be watching it at work. Does your boss listen to the show? <laughs> <laughs> No, but the guy in my comic book store does. So if you're mm. listening, hey, Matt, appreciate you listening to the show. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to pick, heard... pick up my books soon. We've only heard good things, Matt. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, that's the other cool thing I saw. Ben Bishop is actually selling his last Ronin t shirts again on his website. There's nice. another round of them going out. So mm-hmm. if you liked those and never got the chance to buy one, it was just like a couple days ago when we we're recording this. So for you guys, it would be like last Wednesday or Tuesday. He actually, you know, posted up that he was going to sell those again. So if you're interested in buying a last Ronin t-shirt, a really cool looking last Ronin t-shirts, I've gotten some <laughs> compliments on mine. A guy in the mall the other day was just like, no way. Where'd you get that shirt? And he was, <laughs> he thought it was super cool. And I got to actually talk to someone about Ninja Turtles, which was you, don't you fantastic. Love I love and guy it. in the mall, if you're listening, we've only heard good things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot to mention that I had a podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I should okay. have. I should have been like, how great would it be if he was already a listener? Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah. No uh, guy in the mall just knows. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's him. In toy news, uh, it's not super Turtles related. However, I do believe there is a lot of crossover in our fandoms. Uh, NECA announced light last night on the 24th that they have a Gargoyles toy line coming. Uh, They revealed Goliath last night. 
and uh, he went up for pre-order today on the 25th at all your normal websites. So it's actually not exclusive to Target or Walmart. Super easy to find. Pre-ordered mine today. Uh, we have five figures in Wave 1 with more in development. So really excited about that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, Keith, I'm sure you, you please tell me you're a Gargoyles fan. Oh, I yeah, I used to watch Gargoyles. I actually had a, do you remember Creepy Crawlers? Hell yeah, I remember Creepy Crawlers. Yeah, so Spencer... You, there's a metal plate with like uh, mold in it, right? <laughs> it, was oh, easy, yeah. it was an easy yeah. bake oven yes. where you can make monsters. Yeah, I remember those. I, I had I, gargoyle ones. Really? And they were, were like, it. yeah. So, and they were like two plates that clamped together. Mm-hmm. And then you put like bendy metal in for the wings. And so that way you got like a full 3D figure. Oh, I vaguely remember those. that actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it's, it's super exciting because like these are the first like collector toys for gargoyles because um, Disney hasn't really done anything with gargoyles in years. Um, the last real push they had was early 2000s where there was the um, comic from Slave Labor Graphics, which I actually have all the issues. Um, and that was kind of the official season three that overrode the spinoff show that you can watch on Disney Plus. Hmm. Um, Because the creator, Greg Wiseman, he had no hand in the spinoff show, The Goliath Chronicles, um, beyond the first episode. And so he, when he came back to write the book, he took the first episode and then everything after that is the comic is canon. Interesting. So if you can, if you can read them, they're hard to find. I don't think they've really been collected, uh, but if you can find them, they're great books. But cool. yeah, like I said, not turtles related, but I'm pretty sure a lot of there's a lot of crossover in that fandom. So my my buddy Andy is a big fan of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm-hmm. and like all those people did, that whole cast did voices for gargoyles too. Yep. Uh, so a lot of them are um, guest characters. Uh, uh, Jonathan Frakes and um, Marina Sir, uh, Sirtis. Marina Sirtis. Marina Sirtis, um, yep. Yeah. Uh, so Riker and Deanna Troy. Uh, they are two main characters on the show. Basically, the, actually, the two main bad guys on the show. Yeah. So my buddy Andy, he, like, all the whole cast came to Planet Comic Con in Kansas City and he paid for, like, the premiere access, like, special secret panel and everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, it's all the people from Star Trek Next Generation, but like all the questions are about gargoyles, and nobody rants like my buddy Andy. <laughs> uh, he's just got this full on, just like red hot rage every time he talks about it. It's fantastic. <laughs> mm. Well, all right, but I think that wraps it up for the news for me. Yeah, that's that's all I had as well. So then, we'll close out our episode. Uh, yeah, uh, if you guys haven't done it yet, head back and check out our 30th anniversary retrospective for Secret of the Use that we recorded with Rob from uh, Turtle Flakes and Turtle Tales Radio. Um, that was a fantastic episode. I had such a good time on that. Oh, yeah. And Rob yeah. was such a great guy, uh, just all around. Great turtle fan. Yeah. He's just a fantastic, positive just, person. Just a sweet, sweet boy. And I would love to talk to him again. <laughs> Warms the soul. But yeah, check out that episode. We're really proud of it. Yeah. yeah, next week we'll be covering episodes one, two, and three of season three. Oh, boy, starting that long haul. 
Yeah, we begin the climb. Oh, yeah. Insert Miley Cyrus. <laughs> that only leaves like, yeah. <laughs> that only leaves 44 more. Yeah. Oh, man. But we're doing it. We're doing it for you guys. So we'd like to ask you guys to please like and share and leave us a review. Follow us on Facebook and t- Instagram and Twitter at Ninja Turtle PH or just search up Ninja Turtle Power Hour. We should pop up at this time. Uh, unless something happens. Unless something happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it should be there. It'll we be love, there. We love posting news and all sorts of other Ninja Turtle related things to our our pages. So please uh, go ahead and, and look us up there. Thank you guys so much for listening again. And until next time, Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Yabba dabba do. for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I love when I can guess what you're going to say. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, that was pretty much, that was a given on that one. Yeah. 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 Man, I was, while you're closing that out, Spencer, I was looking up the first three episodes of season three and they are a doozy beneath these streets, turtles on trial and attack of the 50 foot Irma. Oh, I love attack of the 50 foot Irma. It's so bad. Yeah. I, <laughs> I only got like we're getting to the point where I stopped in this show when I was trying to watch it all the way through. Uh, yeah, you know, it's another one because I did the exact same thing with this as I did with like the '90s, and some of it was also to be like, all right, to be a fan of all of this, I'm gonna just like view and participate in everything, but uh, it proved too difficult. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be a little bit more fun now that I'm doing it on a podcast and talking to people. Yeah, I mean, oh, it, makes, this it is, makes them a lot more enjoyable talking about it with yeah. you guys. I could tell this is like right where I, I had a sick day or two and I must have put in season three of Turtles because like I, I remember a weird fever dreams about like camera bugged and <laughs> Return of the Fly. Like I must have gotten right about to this halfway through this season and then crapped out. But. Okay, so like I vaguely remember... Um, uh, I vaguely remember Irma. Uh, I don't remember a lot of this season until I think maybe the Great Boldini, which I actually that was one of the Burger King tapes, right? Yeah, it was one of the Burger King tapes. Um, yeah, which actually, now that I think about it, I don't think that's in the season. It is episode thirty-eight. 
Yep. Okay. Yeah, I I watched, yeah, somewhere close to here. I know I watched Meet Casey Jones, but I might have just skipped straight to it just because I wanted to see what they did with Casey Jones in the series. I really like that that episode. Casey Jones Outlaw Hero. Yeah. It's like it's so stupid. <laughs> but like it's so good too. You know, it's because yeah, like, it's not just Casey Jones running around being a badass. He's also got to fight like a fridge. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. We go back to fighting appliances again. <laughs> yeah. For like the fifth he's got, time. But he's got that like, he's got the super bad Clint Eastwood accent. Yeah. Lawbreakers. Oh, you lawbreaker. Yeah. Breaking the law, lawbreaker. <laughs> yeah. I also, he shows up a couple episodes later in Corporate Raiders from Dimension X. Yeah. When he he's wears like, the suit. Yeah, and he walks into the place. He's like, "One job, please." <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like a lot. I, we make fun of it, but it, it's it. A lot of the campiness is, you know, in this season, and I think it it it. Some of it is really good campy jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, like I always compare this series. You know, I've already said it a thousand times. It's it's the Adam West Batman of. Of Ninja which Turtles. Is, which is ironic because like I love 66 Batman. Like that mm-hmm. is that is my Batman. Um and like that is the one I will always go back to. Like the 66 Batman movie is top tier Batman movie for me. <laughs> it's really good. Really it's like it's it it's really good. Like the writing is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um but like I, I and I know like a lot of people don't like it because of how campy it is but you know it's it, batman and robin versus you know penguin riddler catwoman and joker like it's 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 a great story yeah I've, I've come to appreciate campy batman a little bit more uh as time has gone on but and, and also like it's you know people hate that it's campy but also it was very much that's how batman was back then Mm-hmm. like it was a literal comic book show mm-hmm. you know in, in in a way that like turtles like the 87 shows not it's not how the mirage books are mm-hmm. um like you know pretty much at all other than lifting characters like rat king which um i did notice like you know the rat king from the 87 cartoon is basically this one cleaned up a little bit you know, instead of being an ugly monster man, he yeah. he's actually a handsome monster man, but they're basically wearing the same outfit. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think uh, Rat King shows up in this season, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure he does. Episode 9, yeah. And then, yeah, there's uh, Rat King versus Leatherhead is in this season too, I think. Oh, so Leatherhead too? Nice. Yeah, that's that's an awesome episode. Man, Leatherhead meets the Rat King. All right, all right. So I'm I'm excited for for it. Yeah, there's there's some gems in this season, definitely. I don't know. You just said Leatherhead versus Rat King, and my brain went to like those movies that are like Mega Shark versus Werewolf. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, that's a Mecha little... Octopus versus Atomic Narwhal. Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch that. Right. <laughs> I, I always mean to watch him one day. Like I always see him and I'm like, I just need to watch that one day just to say I've watched it. And then I never do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Like I, I have a very little association with, with Leatherhead. 
in the in the original show mm-hmm. that when I think of Leatherhead, my first thought is always of uh, him and the games, specifically uh, Manhattan Project, because that boss fight is oh. just killer. Yeah. Yeah, where you can like run across the bridge and choke you. Yeah. Uh no, he he you fight him under Oh yeah, no yeah, cuz he he can't choke you. He, it's the um Oh no, 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 that Does Leatherhead it, choke you or does Toka choke you? I think Leatherhead does. Cuz Leatherhead's in the subway. When the subway gets flooded. Yeah. But he's like it's like on a bridge in the subway. Like like it's, it is in the Mirage comic where they like go across the bridge and then he collapses it. It's I'm pretty sure it's the same. No, 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 no. It's, no, it's not. It's not like that. It's uh, it's it's literally the platform and the two sides of the platform get flooded, and then the and then the level and then the water level drops, and then I think Dirtbag is in that level. Dirtbag is Dirtbag's no Dirtbag's in the subway. Dirtbag's level. in the subway. Yeah, because. See, that's he what rides I, the car in front of. That's right. He, tracks. Yeah, I gotta play this game again. It's been a yeah, while. Absolutely, great game, Spencer. That's your homework. You gotta play Man- Manhattan Project. I don't know how I'm gonna manage to play Manhattan Project. <laughs> <laughs> Emulators, got, my friend. Yeah, yeah. To, I mean, you know, yeah. that's that's the thing. You know, if it's if it's not easily available now. Man, I mean, if I just watch someone play it, you know, that's half, half like, yeah. It. I mean, you could watch, you could watch someone play it. I could probably stream it or something. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I wish that Konami would just like put them all together, like all of the Konami games together in one pack and just sell them to us on the Switch already. I mean, yeah. Like that's, that's such a no brainer, but it's, you know, it was a Konami we're thinking about. Yeah. yeah. And then that might be the thing too is Konami might, might want to do it but nick would have to pay for it if they were to put if they were to put like all of the konami games together you know we're talking like even this to the 2003 based ones yeah like that would get so many people on board but well i mean it would but like i said like they've and konami probably wouldn't say no to the money Mm -hmm. but that's the thing is they would probably charge nick a ton of money to do it yeah um i was talking to somebody about this the other day like that's part of the reason why we don't see the 87 cartoon on streaming anywhere because nick doesn't have access to it like lion Lionsgate owns it mm-hmm. and Lionsgate is the one that keeps putting out the dvds and so and and the guy's like oh he's like well they should just buy it and i'm like well it's got to be for sale for them to buy it Lionsgate knows they're going to make money off of 87 no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. All right. Got better get yeah. going. All right, gentlemen. Um, I've been doing some more stuff on our Instagram. I hope the way it cares. I think we're going to start posting like the all those pinups I talk about on there because like I've been taking pictures of them, but I don't have anywhere to put them. So yeah, keep putting them there, dude. It looks good. Cool. Like cool. I, there's been quite a few new followers due to all that stuff. I don't know oh. what to do with Instagram. I'm not an Instagrammer. Yeah, me neither. I'm I'm not a Yeah. Sub. I did it for a couple months as part of a job and that's about it. So Twitter oh. Twitter's my it's about Twitter's with it. my bag. I'm just not good at social media. <laughs> 
I'm the same way. Like, I'm good for like 35 minutes. I feel like I'm really, really confident at it, and then I just like, <laughs> get all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. well. I I used to not care about my Twitter until I got uh, until I started podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about picking it up because of my podcasting. I realized it probably wouldn't be that bad idea to be able to actually reach out to people. No, Twitter's great. Yeah. Highly recommend it. All right, I'm actually going to get off this time. I'm doing that yep. thing yeah. my dad does where I'm like, okay, see you later. And then keep talking to you for 20 minutes. So yeah. I'll see you all same all right, time guys. next week. See you next see week. You. Yeah. So take care. Bye.